Hello America, Mark Dunnigan with The Daily Answer, and I'm glad that you have tuned in. Thanks for being part of the audience this morning. Um, well, I'll talk about, man, listening, listening to the conversation from the get-go. It reminds me of where an individual came up to Jesus and said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus immediately, I mean, Jesus was paying attention from the first phrase and said, wait a minute, good teacher, why you call me good? Only good is God. God is only good at the end of the day, interestingly good. So are you acknowledging that I'm God? And that's a good example of like really paying attention to what someone says from square one and not tuning out. Yeah, being a good listener, being a good listener takes effort and work. Also takes some unselfishness that you're actually interested in the person who's talking. James chapter one talks about being quick, quick to hear. James chapter one about verse 19. And so I wanna give like a modern example of this. Um, back in 1980, Carl Sagan he writes this popular book called Cosmos, and then there's a PBS television series based on that. And here's the way that series would begin. The cosmos is all that is or ever was or ever will be. And so here we have this series attempting to talk about the universe and to offer explanations for the universe and the study of the universe. Okay. The trouble is, is that that statement wasn't true. It had never been true. In fact, the scientific community would say, that's not a true statement. And, you, and not only that, but none of the statement is true. The cosmos is all that is or ever was wrong. The cosmos had a beginning. The universe had a beginning. It has not always been there. The idea that the universe is eternal, I mean, that was an idea jettisoned decades ago. It is conceded. Here's one of those places where even the evolutionary naturalist would have to say, on this point, Genesis is right. Genesis is right is that the universe had a beginning. Also, Genesis is right that the universe will have an end. Bible's right on both of those points. That's where, and that's always been the way the universe has been put, put, put together. Now, when I talk about science here, I'm talking about man's understanding of the universe, which changes and has to be altered. But man has, man has not always come to terms with the idea that the universe is, that the universe had a beginning. There was a period of time that the scientific community was very keen on that matter is eternal. It's always been. Well, that's a very convenient way of just avoiding other questions. But they finally had, had to concede, no, matter is not eternal. The universe that we're living in had a beginning. The very fact that they assign an age to the universe admits it has the beginning. But then the other part of that statement is, or will ever be, well, wait a minute, the universe will not ever be. It's not eternal, it will have an end. And you see time to time articles talking about that, talking about, you know, hey, the realization is 
that the sun's not always going to be there and this planet's not always going to be there and etc is that yeah there is an end point to the universe and so my, my thought to you is okay man if if the very first statement that introduces this materialistic naturalistic explanation of the universe if if from the get-go it's false in fact the person that says it might not even have i mean did he believe it because i'm assume he's a pretty good scientist and the science of the time would have said well wait a minute you need to rephrase that statement the cosmos has not always been here and it will not always be here. Uh, this is not the sum total of reality. And so, well, if that whole premise of the very first intro is wrong, well, then I think a lot of things are going to be wrong said that are wrong after that. So here's the thing I wanted to take a look at. If if you, if you don't believe in God and you don't believe in the supernatural, you don't believe in a creator, and you're attempting to explain everything from a purely materialistic standpoint, just natural processes, then to me, you really run into a number of major problems. If you believe that the universe is an effect without a cause. It just happened. It just happened. You know, one moment there's nothing, next moment, okay, there's something. The trouble is, is that nothing in nature, nothing in the universe would agree with that premise because everything that you see around you in the universe as it truly is, all material effects have a cause. That's just a principle of science. Everything that you run into came from something. Something created that. It did not cause itself. It did not simply pop into existence. Another point. So you, you, you rule God out and all there is is matter. Just matter and energy. Um, well, that would mean that the rules or laws that govern the physical universe wrote themselves. And it's like, well, where do you even see that in the universe that we're presently in, where laws write themselves? Not only that, but those laws just wrote themselves. Those laws just happen to be the laws. And why are they the right ones? That is... We live in a very finely tuned universe. That is the planet we live on here is there are so many laws that govern the universe. There, there are so many things about the universe that have to be just right for there to be life on Earth. I mean, they have to be just right. They have to be dialed in and precisely, just precise. How is it that all of those things that need to be just right are just right? Is that merely a matter of luck? or you know drawn a good hand especially where we see that you get outside this planet a little bit and nobody has a good hand i mean there are other planets in our solar system but none of them i mean 
there's not even anything close to what the earth is. I think we're just fooling ourselves like, well, yeah, we could Mars or whatever, uh, really. I mean, have you really looked at like there's no air there? That can be a problem. That everything here is just right for life. And I mean, the evidence from this universe is that for example, matter and energy cannot create themselves. That's the first law of thermodynamics. And the second law is they do not exist forever. The universe is wearing down, growing old. Uh, you'll find that in Hebrews 1, 10 through 12. Bible admits that. Bible does not claim that the universe is going to last forever. It claims that God is forever. But the material creation is definitely not forever. Everything mad, everything that's material wears down. If if you just believe that everything can be explained by stuff, then you must believe that at some point in the past, something came from nothing, which is impossible, which would be a miracle. And here's the thing I want you to ponder is that really both creation and evolution believe in miracles. It's just which miracle do you find more valuable? And a miracle would be like a something that we don't see happening in the natural world presently. The Bible insists that God created everything out of nothing. Psalm 33, 6 through 9, no apologies are made for that. As they shouldn't be. An all-powerful, all-wise God made everything from no pre-existing materials. He simply spoken into existence. You see that in Genesis 1, and you see that in Psalm 33, 6 through 9. And Romans 4, God calls into being things which do not exist. God has that sort of power. That's raw, sheer, true, omnipotent power. Now, evolution, evolution believes that everything came from nothing. That would be a miracle because we don't see that happening. We don't see things popping into existence. We just don't see matter showing up, having created itself. That would be a miracle. And the question is, which miracle do you believe? Because at the end of the day, whether you're a creationist or an evolutionist, you believe that the universe did come suddenly into existence one way or another. It either suddenly came into existence, like instantly came into existence because of the power and planning of God, or it suddenly comes into existence because of the power of nothingness. Those are the two choices. And then the second aspect is, if you don't believe in God, then you're going to have to believe that non-living matter gave rise to living matter that life came from non-life. And everywhere presently in the universe, you do not see life coming from non-life. In fact, various scientific experiments have been done that really nails that down, is that life cannot come from non-life. Actually, your life, your health, your well-being depends on life not coming from non-life. That is, when you go to the dentist and have worked, uh, they bring out instruments that have been sterilized. When you have surgery, instruments are brought out 
that have been sterilized, okay? And if life could just spontaneously arise, and that would be like bacteria, then that's dangerous. I mean, that can take you out. That scalpel, if, if there's no way to sterilize a scalpel, then you mean you've got life on that scalpel, bacteria on the scalpel. And that simply means that good chance you might have surgery and have some major complications or die. You don't want there being life on that scalpel. Our ability to sterilize instruments, um, and it works, is proof that life cannot come from non-life. The evidence from nature is that only life comes from life. Only life comes from pre-existing life. And that's, and that's the biblical position. Everything comes from God who's alive. And then life comes from life. Babies don't pop into existence. Flies just don't come out of dirt. There has to be eggs and things like that. There has to be some pre-existing life there for life to arise. Corn just doesn't pop into existence. There has to be a seed. The other thing is that if you believe that there's only matter, no God, no supernatural world, then you'd have to believe that one kind of creature can morph into or give birth to a totally different kind of creature over time. And the problem with that is we don't see any evidence of that. I mean, to me, true science is what you observe. True science is what you see, not speculating. And I know people will argue, well, evolution is true. Evolution happens. That is what I'm talking about. Not talking about varieties within dogs. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about where something comes from nothing, life comes from life, and that single cell eventually becomes a human being over millions and billions of years through slow, gradual changes. And so the argument is, well, it happens so slow we can't see it. Got a problem with that. Then how do you know it's true? Because... Everything I can observe is that cats have cats and dogs have dogs and people have people, okay? And there's no exceptions to those rules. And corn from, comes from corn and, you know, peas come from peas. And yeah, there can be varieties of people, taller, shorter, little lighter, darker, color of eyes, etc. But they're still human beings. Same thing is true with in all other realms. You stay within your kind. There's no crossing over. And the thing is that the fossil record says the same thing. In the fossil record, creatures show up fully formed, not partially formed, fully formed. That's a cat. That's a dog. That's a lion. That's an elephant. That's a horse. And they never transition into anything else in the fossil record. They show up fully formed. Basically, they show up suddenly in the fossil record without any predecessors. And 
they remain unchanged in the fossil record. I mean, there are there are creatures on the earth today that people say they've been around for 60 million years and we have a fossil of them and we have the living thing. And there's no difference between the fossil and the living thing. And you go like, well, wait a minute, if you're claiming that evolution is true in 60 million years, why supposedly 60 million years, why has there been no change in this particular creature or any other creature that we can see? And so I think it's important that you listen from the get-go. Again, I find it very interesting that when one comes to some really basic fundamentals, the creationists and those that believe in evolution, those that believe in evolution have basically have had to concede two biblical points of view. The universe had a beginning, Genesis 1.1. It came from no pre-existing materials. And it has an end. Even the unbeliever has had to concede the Bible's right about that. And those are, you might say, the fundamental principles of our existence, of the universe. And the Bible's always been right about that. It's man who's had to catch up. And if man has had to catch up on those two vital points, where else does man need to catch up? Until next time, we'll see you in the funny papers. Mark Dunnigan for The Daily Answer.